five, four, three, two, one. Boom, we're live. The G Meek MMA show is back. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is your host, Gabriel Hernandez. On beautiful Monday, September 17th, 2018. Got a great show today. It's great to be back. Hope you guys all had a great weekend. Because I did. I got fucked up. Had some fun. It was pretty interesting. I enjoyed myself. Um, just got drunk pretty much and hanged out at the house. You know, I haven't really, I don't really party too often, so I figured I would do that. And also, for everyone who doesn't fucking know, I I shaved my beard. Yeah, I shaved my beard off. I got a haircut finally. I don't look as scruffy and as old as I used to. That's the most exciting thing. Happy to do that. I'm happy to look like a normal human being again. Enough about me. What about you guys? All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's not waste any time. We got a great show planned. Obviously, recap of uh, UFC's first trip to Moscow, Russia. We have the boa constrictor Alexei Olenek defeating Mark Hunt by rear naked choke. You know, Mark Hunt has been prone to submissions in the past. And we have a star, ladies and gentlemen, in the form of Alexei Olenek. You know, guy has a chin. Guy is as tough as they fucking come. You know, he's taking hard shots. He's been hurt. And if you know the fight with Travis Brown, back when he fought Travis Brown, Travis Brown hurt him. He came back. Mark Hunt hit him with a walk-off KO shot, and he still didn't go down. So... For the longest time, I feel like at heavyweight, we, we, we need stars. We need people that, that stick out. And I feel that definitely with Alexi's performance, that definitely does, you know, catapult him up the ladder in that very, you know, not so stacked heavyweight division, but it definitely does catapult him up there with the likes of Derek Lewis, with the likes of, uh, Alexander Volkov, um, and, you know, the other couple, Junior Dos Santos, Francis Ngannou, have all the people there at the very top. And now, with that performance, very dominant performance. It was a great performance. You know, he's always, he's called the Boa Constrictor for a reason. You know, you get, you get put in a bad spot, he's going to submit you. He's, he's known for his Ezekiel chokes. You know, he, he even said it himself, you know, he did it off of his back. He did it while, while his opponent was on top. So, you know, he's very, he's famous for that. You know, he has great submissions. Uh, overall, a solid s- set of skills. So, congrats to Alexi Olenek. Another star, honorable mention, is in the light heavyweight division. Um, Jan Vahovic. Vaho- I don't know how to pronounce his fucking name. Jan Vlaho- Vlahovic defeated uh, Nikita Krylov. The returning Nikita Krylov, he returned to the UFC. Unsuccessful in his return. Did rack up a couple wins outside the organization, but uh, once again, um, Jan Jan proves that he is a legit legitimate top contender, and he he moves his impressive streak to four wins in a row. Um, I know his last fight he won he beat Jimmy Manuel in a great fight, a great contest, uh, and this one he beat. Yeah, he beat Jimmy Manuel in an excellent fight last in his last outing before this previous one. So he's out four wins in a, in a row, and at light heavyweight in, in general, four wins in a row is is very um, it's very uh, what is it? What is it? 
it's hard to do. So he he racks up uh, four wins in a row. I'm gonna pull him up. Let me just see. I want to know who those other two were. Yeah, we just jumped right into it. We jumped right into it. Fuck, what am I doing? Uh, yeah, Nick, you beat Nikita Krylov. You beat Jimmy Manoa. You know, he does make a serious case for a title shot. Former KSW light heavyweight champion. So he's been there. He's definitely seen what a world championship feels like. He, he feels, he, he's felt the experience. Okay, Jan Vahovic is number four in light heavyweight rankings. 23 wins, five wins by knockout, nine wins by submission, and, uh, Nine victories by decision. So seven losses, well, one by knockout, and one by submission, and five by submission. One one not one loss by knockout. One loss by submission and five losses by decision. Okay. So we're gonna pull it up. Um so his last loss was a a, a very close fight against a it was um it was Patrick Patrick Cummins fight. He hurt Patrick. He had him in lots of trouble in that fight. Arguably it could be five in a row. For him, but he had him in all sorts of trouble. He had him in, um, all, you know, it was a close fight. You know, obviously Patrick has very good wrestling, and he was able to use that because grappling defense has been John's uh, has been his uh, weakness in the past. And you obviously, you look at great a guy who can grind like Pat. Yeah. So it was a very tough fight for him. So arguably, he could be five in a row. Um, but he's beaten uh, Devin Clark, standing bulldog. Choke, very, very fantastic performance. That was an excellent. That was a real good submission too. Um, Jared Cannonier decision. Jimmy Mana decision. I'd say that one of the most exciting fights of of, of his career was against Jimmy Mana. It was really good. Um, Nikita Krylov submission via arm triangle choke in the second round. Moscow, Russia. So, uh, like I said, four wins in a row for. Um, Jan, who do I think he should fight next? He did call for Shogun. At one point in time, but now, now we've seen what happened to Shogun, and then now it's uh, yeah, uh, what is it? Now, I mean, I think there's something bigger for him out there. I think there's a, a bigger and better, better opportunity out there for him when it comes to a, a, a title contention-wise. I mean, he, he's number four. He just beat um. A guy who was on a winning streak outside of the UFC. Obviously, it's not Nikita Krylov isn't one of the top contenders or anything like that. But he was a very, very good, uh, you know, very popular, um, very talented young fighter as well. Yeah. If you guys were wondering why I said, wow, this jerk chick walked past me with some thick-ass legs and a nice fucking booty. Short shorts and everything, man. I'm not, I'm not a pervert or anything. I'm just, I just, I just notice the beauty that's in, that's in front of me. But yeah, so he... He beat Nikita. He looked good. It's just the, the way he's winning is what's impressive. You know, there was one point in time where I felt that Jan really, you know, he was on the point almost, I think he was like on the, on the verge of uh, being on like a, a, a losing streak or something. Yeah. So obviously, he, man, he's the only man. Get this, ladies and gentlemen. This makes a bigger case for his title shot over a couple of other people, okay? He is one only, this is, he is one of the only people, if not the only people, yeah, one of the one of the uh, couple of people other than Ryan Bader to beat Ali Latifi, but he stopped him. Then obviously he had that fight with Jimmy, 
then the fight with Corey, and then he beat Eagle, put Cry at, and then lost to Alexander, lost to Patrick. When and, you know he kind of went on a couple, you know he'd win one, he'll lose two and win a couple, and then he'll lose one. So he, he obviously won against uh, Igor Prokryash, Alexander Gustafsson, he lost. There's no shame in that. Uh, Patrick Cummins, he lost. Then he comes comes back ever since then. He's beaten Devin Clark, Jaron Cannonier, Jimmy Manoa, and Nikita Krylov. So I think he's he's stringing together some fantastic wins, and uh, I'd like to see him uh, in a title fight in the near future. And um, if not, I don't, I don't really know. Maybe a matchup, a rematch with Gustafson. Um, maybe he gets the winner of Smith versus Volkan uh, Ozdemir. That would be an excellent one. I mean, he hasn't fought either of those guys yet, so I think that would be a sellable fight. I'm excited for it. I want to see that. But then you got Cormier. Cormier hasn't had a legitimate uh, challenge for him at light heavyweight. And since we're going to talk about talk about that i wanted to uh share some rumors you know obviously you know you know everybody likes rumors right but um but we have some rumors okay get ready ladies and gentlemen get ready for the rumor mill to keep spinning but rumor is ufc 230 the return of the former ufc light heavyweight champion john bones jones taking on alexander gustafson so holy shit that is one exciting fight um that is, um, what was that? Uh, yeah, it was like the, re- the return of, I- I've seen some weird shit, that's why, that's why I keep stopping. Okay, the return of John Jones taking on Alexander Gustafson. So now, we talked about maybe like a few weeks ago, what the fuck would happen to Cormier? Is Cormier going to take a fight at light heavyweight? You know, easy fight, easy matchup, you know, defend his title one more time at light heavyweight, go up to heavyweight, and, uh go up to heavyweight and uh, beat Brock Lesnar. But now it is rumored that John Jones is back in the mix. So does he want a third fight with Jones? Does he want the winner of Gustafson and Jones? What's going to happen with, with Jan? I don't know. It's really interesting. Light heavyweight's turning into an interesting division now that if this is true, we get the return of, of one of the best, if not the best fighter of all time in the form of John Jones. So... What do I think of that fight versus a title fight? They didn't throw John into a title fight if this is true. I think it's excellent that um, that they're putting him up against Alexander Gustafson. Because, you know, if there is any fights that I'd love to see again, it would be that fight with Alexander Gustafson. Because if you look, Gustafson has been a lot more active than Jones. But Jones has been out for a while. And Gustafson's been dealing with some injuries for quite some time. So, it's... uh. It's really, you know, a who's who. But, you know, I always like to reference this. I talk about this all the time. I like to reference his fight against Glover Teixeira. I think that is his last fight that he has had in action. Um, I don't... You uh, Just just side note. The reason why I was like, what the fuck was that earlier? Like, maybe five minutes ago was because... It's all right. She was all right looking. Fine chick walked by and kind of made like a face like she was sorry that maybe she said something out loud that, that she didn't mean to say or something because maybe she thought I heard her, but I think it was in Spanish. I don't understand fluent Spanish or anything like that. So uh, there's no offense here. But anyways, back to that. That's a big fight. USC 230 does not have a main event yet, and there's a reason why, because they're going to announce something that's going to be absolutely massive. And... uh 
and it's going to be huge. It's going to be big for the sport. It's going to be huge for everybody to cover media wise. You know, when that fight is really comes to fruition, we're going to only be doing podcasts about it. Not only me, everyone else is exactly what we always do is podcasts. We do a bunch of podcasts. Everybody does podcasts. We all talk about the, generally towards the same thing. And it's going to be fun because that's a fight everyone's been talking about. You know, people have been wanting to see it since the first time it happened a few years ago. Maybe like, yeah, it was UFC. Uh, fuck, I think it was. I, I forgot the exact one. I think it was UFC 160 something. It was around like, yeah, UFC 160. But uh, yeah, that was one of the best fights of all time. So if they run it back, I'm definitely going to be front row waiting for that one because that's going to be a great, fantastic fight. And uh I think that the UFC will sell good. UFC 230 will sell good, definitely, if that is the main event. Non-title fight. I don't. I think it is non-title fight. I, I don't think they're going to add any more belts or anything because you all know that's some bullshit. Interim belts are bullshit unless the champion is legitimately injured. But if the champion isn't legitimately injured, then I think that they shouldn't do interim belts because you know me having a. Having the the title, having the belt. If I'm not the champion, I don't want the belt. That's all. That, that's that's all I'm saying. I don't want the belt. I don't want the. Uh, I don't. I mean, I'm I'm not going to consider myself the world champion if I don't have if I don't have the legitimate belt. You know, it's nice as a, as some call it. A, it's a consolation prize, but it's not something that I'm going to be happy with having. So there we go. That's enough on that. Um, Moving on. What's next for Mark Hunt? Um, cause we like a little backtrack a little bit. Um, you know, I, you know, I don't know. People want to talk about the record and stuff. And, you know, I think it's 13, 13, one win, a one, uh, draw on one no contest. But, you know, he's fought a who's who of, of really good guys. And on top of that, not only has he fought inside the UFC and inside Pride, he's also a K1 champion. Probably some of the biggest legs I've ever seen. Like tree trunks, but yeah, I think you know. I think Mark Hunt has, uh, I think, one more fight left in the UFC, and then I think he's going to go fight in another organization. And then he said retirement. I don't know if he hinted at any retirement or anything like that. So uh, it's going to be uh, interesting to see what he does. You know, he's a fan favorite anytime, anytime he steps in there. I mean, did you see that shot that he um that he threw? He threw one of his walk off knockout punches, and Lexi just walked straight through it. So. Obviously, he does bring a lot of fan uh, favorites, excuse me, fan favorite fights, and he brings a lot of uh, positive attention. So uh, I think uh, overall, I think he's a great competitor, a great fighter. Pretty funny if you looked at some of the videos leading up to it. I think, I think he because uh, he he uh, what's it called? Uh, I think he's fought Vanderlei Silva. He's fought Fabricio Verdum. So Mark Hunt, if you if you've paid attention to him over the last couple of years has um, went on a rant about, and he's very openly spoken about people who use performance-enhancing drugs, hence he's fought a lot of them. Brock Lesnar, Fabrizio Verdum, Antonio Silva, the list goes on and on, motherfuckers. Alistair Overeem. I mean, all these guys popped for something back in the day. And he, <laughs> that video was so fucking funny. You guys, if you pull it up on him, he's talking about, um, he's like, we're working... And then he has all the people in the background, and then he's like, wait, you don't got no job. He's like something like something fucking bitch or something. I forgot what he said, but he said it was hella funny. I might go and actually watch it in a few seconds. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, 
there's very few people that, you know, that are lo- that people like him that lose. And it's not it's not the end, you know. It's a submission. He didn't get knocked out. He didn't look he didn't look terrible. He's not he's not getting slept in the first round. It's not terrible. It's not a terrible contest for him. So he didn't look terrible. That's the thing. I think he has one more. And he wants to get one more in, in this year, hopefully, and then we'll get to see what I don't know what else is next after that. But um, yeah. So I think I've already talked too much. No, it's only like six been sixteen minutes. But um. Yeah, so Alexi, what's next for him? I don't know, maybe like Derek Lewis or something like that. I don't know, Derek Lewis fighting anyone right now? I don't think so. Um, I think, oh yeah, Alexander Volkov. So what are they going to do with uh, Alexi? When's Kane coming back? That's one. That's one thing I'm thinking about. When Kane can come back, because you know that he is a huge force in that division, and he was considered one of the best of the world at one point in time. So, you know, I kind of want to see the return of that you know we kind of never really seen the end you know obviously he's coming off a win hasn't fought in over two years since UFC 200 if I'm correct yeah so we kind of need the return of that maybe a matchup with Stipe for Alexi Olenek I think Stipe is an overall better boxer and a lot better of a striker and, and a lot more movement and he's well he's real good on his feet too and I think he would He's smart enough to be able to avoid the submissions. You know, Mark Hunt, no offense, by the way, isn't really necessarily known for his ground game. You know, he didn't come in. A lot of his losses have come by submission, so there's no surprise in that. So a lot of them were in pride. Uh, not, no, not really, not anyone, no one's really submitted him, to my knowledge, recently, UFC-wise. But um, I think, yeah, he has been knocked out. Like, obviously, Fabrizio Verdum knockout. Uh that was crazy. I wanted him to win that fight so bad. That would have been nice to see him get a world title. But yeah, um, Fabrizio Verdun fight, uh, the Junior Dos Santos fight. It was a crazy when he landed that crazy spinning back kick and like knocked him on the floor. I didn't, it's crazy to see a heavyweight do that. So yeah, I think he he definitely has a good. Uh, still has a lot of a few good years left in him for fan favorite fights. No takedowns, please. If you if you look at the fight with uh, Curtis Blades, you know Cur- Curtis is the kind of guy that looks good against people like that because he's he's a fantastic wrestler. He's, he's getting sharp with his hands. He's put he's learning to put it all together like Corey Anderson at light heavyweight. Those are some guys that a lot of people have to look out for because those are two guys that I feel definitely will become stars and potential champions in the future. So. There's no shame in that. Um, like I said, uh, what else do we got for later on this week? I think we got, um, what is it? Fuck. October 6th. Yeah, the return. So I think we're going to get the, the the return of Habib taking on Connor, which those guys have been going back and forth. Connor just uh, actually recently announced his the arrival of his new Irish whiskey, I think, on, on Instagram. So if you check his post out, it's pretty uh Pretty fun. I'd like to try it, but I think you can only get it in Ireland or something. And he said, like, he says that five every five dollars goes to like the first responders and all that. So it's good to see him doing that stuff. Um, but yeah, damn, I'm like burnt out. Try to think. I went completely zone out. Do you ever just have like a moment where you just like zoning out? You're talking and you zone out. Um, what is it? Let me see, like, if we got any current events. Hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, it was it was a it was an all right card, you know. A lot of Russian fighters on there, definitely. Obviously, it was in Moscow. Um, the attendance was twenty two thousand six hundred three. Total gate was one million eight hundred forty thousand dollars. Wow, that's not too bad though. And oh yeah, here we go. I don't know what the hell I'm tripping on. I don't know how to know that, but we do have another fight night coming up, um, September twenty second. Man, Jimmy Manuel originally was supposed to fight um, Glover Teixeira. Glover Teixeira pulls out of the fight. Then he gets replaced by Tiago Santos. Tiago Santos versus Jimmy was a great fight originally. Now Jimmy blew his hamstring out when when he was in Brazil. So he was in Brazil. He's already blew his hamstring out. It's going to take him six weeks to recover and come back from that. So he's pulled. Now we get Eric Anders. Eric, ya boy, Anders. That's his nickname, by the way. I don't. I don't necessarily talk like that. Um, and uh, yeah, so he's he's really he's been looking for a fight for quite some time. What was it? I just lost my fuck. I hate when that happened. I lost my train of thought. Um, yeah. So Eric's been. Oh, you guys see that head kick knockout? I think it was. Uh, it was his last fight. Eric. Eric's been waiting for a fight. I think he called out Elias Theodoro. Because Elias was supposed to fight uh, Antonio Carlos Jr. He gets pulled from that fight due to injury. Carlos Jr. does. And then he gets rescheduled. And apparently the injury was going to take a lot longer to heal than originally thought. So he gets pulled from that fight overall to eye injury. So anything has to do with your eyes, you got to look at that. Because you could potentially go blind in a sport like that. It's very devastating. Personally, me, I'd rather be deaf than blind. But that's me. But, you know, anyways... But injuries aren't anything anything cool to deal with, so he can heal up. Um, he was calling out Eric was calling out Elias. Elias didn't seem to interest to want really want that because Eric wasn't necessarily ranked. I think Elias was like number fourteen at the time. So Eric saw two opportunities to call him out, and he unfortunately didn't get it. But now we get uh, we get uh, Eric Anders versus Tiago Santos. So, essentially, we were supposed to have an exciting light heavyweight fight. It still is that light heavyweight, 205 pounds. Um, but it's not, it's two middleweight guys going up to light heavyweight. So, it, it, what, what is it going to do rankings wise? I, I thought that originally the fight with Glover and Jimmy kind of really showed who, you know, could potentially still be in the runnings for a title shot still. I'm not gonna say that. I mean, he, at least stay relevant is what I mean by that. At a, I think it's just, it's unfortunate. Everyone's getting injured now. What the fuck? Glover, Jimmy. I mean, the hamstring's nothing. Uh, oh, I, I, I've almost pulled my hamstring a couple times too. So I know what the feeling is. Like you, you step wrong, you fall down wrong, or something, or you, you move your legs. You move your legs in an awkward position. Your legs move in a way you're not used to it moving, and you can pop your hamstring, tear your ACL. Happens. Look what happened to Tony. Tony Ferguson tripped on a fucking cord and he blew out his knee. And that was the reason why he couldn't fight Habib. You still got to see the fight. I heard his, his return. You know, that's another exciting one, too, that we get the return of Tony versus Anthony Pettis. That's one, that one's on uh, UFC 230, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And, um,. Really, really can't wait for that one. It should be a good one. So, uh, overall, it's, uh, I mean, it's an ex- exciting fight. 
It's an exciting. Uh, what is it? Fuck! You saw your opportunity. You blew it, motherfuckers. Too bad. Uh, I have something to talk about. I don't. I kind of don't want to talk about it now because that's not really sports related. I can talk about it later on. I, I just can skip it. But um, what is it? Yeah, it's a great fight. Eric Anders versus uh, Tiago Santos. Like I said, two middleweight guys going up to light heavyweight. So Eric Anders is a, is a knockout artist. Tiago Santos is a knockout artist as well. So it should be a collision of two really well-rounded guys. I mean, Santos is good on the ground. Uh, it's great takedown defense. I mean, for fuck's sakes, he had Elias Theodoro shooting for life in that fight. Uh, yeah, nasty cut, too, if you remember. Um, also, Eric Anders, you know, is one of those guys who, you know, is one of those p- powerhouses. You know, that fight with Machida. Machida had to avoid a lot of the big power shots, and he had to be on his foot, f- footwork for, he was using footwork for dear life in that fight because, uh, getting caught by uh, someone who could punch as hard as him is not is not a good thing. So once you're known for what it is that um, once you're known for having uh, what is it? You know, having crazy power like that. You know, you're fighting someone who has crazy power. Your, your objective is to go into that fight and not get caught. You got to avoid the power. You got to use the footwork. So I think Machida utilized successfully utilized his footwork in that fight. He did enough to earn that one. I think it was a split a split decision. Yeah, split split decision in Brazil. I think it was his hometown too. And uh, what is it? Yeah, it was a great fight. It was a, it was a great fight. Well deserved win for Machida. Now Machida is signed with Bellator. So Machida's over in Bellator now. We're just digressed like fucking hell. Yeah, Machida's in Bellator. Um, he's fighting Rafael Corvalo Jr. I think it's yeah, Rafael Corvalo Jr. Um, former former champion at um at middleweight he's deep his last fight was against gay guard musasi so you know that's not a bad look for eric eric's only losses against machida former ufc light heavyweight champion also looked great and uh you know i should have talked to that girl there was this girl sitting by me seemed like she was kind of alone just wanted to talk but me personally i don't have the best luck with women as of late it seems like something's wrong I don't know what's wrong. That is a story for a different day or later on in the show. Maybe for an episode of segments. We've been lagging on the episodes of segments for a while, so we may we may just do that. I don't know. I don't think it's established well in my head enough to where I can talk about it and, and make it make sense fluently. So yeah, there we go. Um Okay. What else is on there? I wanna see what else is gonna um uh, I'm gonna see what else is gonna be on that. Um, what else is on that card? Because I feel like there's a lot of people lost too on, on Moscow. Tiago Alves, Nikita Krylov, Mark Hunt, all my favorites, all my favorites lost. As well as UFC 228, a lot of my favorites lost too. But every, it's it's a, uh, it's a fucking fight. People are gonna lose no matter what. In just a matter of time, obviously everybody loses. Except Habib and Floyd Mayweather. Speaking of Floyd Mayweather, says he's coming back to fight against Manny Pacquiao for the second time. Why? Why the fuck is this happening? Is Floyd broke? That's the question I've been seeing. Is Floyd broke? Why is he fighting this guy? Why is he? He's already fought him. He he's fought him already. He's fought him already, and uh, it, 
it wasn't really an eventful fight. Maybe like seven years ago, that would have been a good fight, but I don't think that necessarily is a fight I'm going to be looking forward to. You know, he last fought against uh, Connor. As crazy as it sounds, he last fought against Connor, beat Connor, retired, got paid in that fight for sure. So there's no, there's no, uh, there's no, uh, I don't, there's, I don't know why. And maybe he's just doing it for the sole purpose of the fans. Maybe he feels that he didn't entertain them as much in the last fight. Who fucking knows? Um, but. Yeah, um. There's some weird people. I literally just, I literally just walked into another class. <laughs> yeah, I'm distracted. Uh, what is it? Yeah, there's this, there's this dude that walked by. Was uh checking out everyone's bikes and shit. It was like some tweaker looking dude. So I was just watching. Thought he was gonna come try to ask me for some cigarettes or something, which I don't smoke. So fuck you, and I'm not gonna give you shit. I earned my shit. But yeah, anyways. Oh yeah, we're gonna look at what was on that card. I got massively distracted. I apologize. Um Manua versus Santos card. <sighs> well, now it's actually Eric Anders. But hey, I'm excited with that fight. It's an interesting fight. I did want to see Jimmy versus uh glover hopefully you get to see that have it rescheduled and for the future if both men can come to it if that comes to if that comes together if it does then that's a good fight because i want to see that that was one of the few fights i wanted to see before it was even announced okay the final ufc event of september is in sao paulo brazil okay yeah we already got that but okay so we got jimmy or not originally jimmy but now it's uh, tiago versus uh Eric Anders, Alex Oliveira versus Carlos P. Peter Soli Jr., Sam Alvey versus Antonio Rogerio Noguera, return of Little Nog, pretty exciting, I'm excited. Um, Hennon Brown versus, I didn't even know, by the way, by the way, I speak really fast, but I did not know Hennon Brown was actually fighting, so Hennon Brown versus Andre Ewell, Randa Marcos versus Marina Rodriguez, um, preliminary card on Eastern Time on F, it's, it, it's on FS2. This The main card's on FS1. Charles Oliveira versus Christos Yagos. Evan Dunham versus Francisco Trinaldo. And Luis Henrique versus Ryan Spann. Chase Sherman versus Augusto Sakai. Preliminary card on Fight Pass. It's free. Well, it's if you have Fight Pass. I don't know if you're watching it or streaming it or anything. But, uh, yeah, Sergio Marias versus Ben Saunders, Myra Bueno Silva versus Gillian Robertson. Excited fight. I'm really excited for this one. I don't know why. I'm just excited. But Talis Latis versus Hector Lombard. Elizio Zaleski Dos Santos versus Bilal Mohammed. Bilal Mohammed like that. I like him in that fight. Um Livia Renato Souza versus Alex Chambers. Mm. It's it's a it's a solid card for an FS one. It's a solid card for an FS1 uh, uh, main. Uh, it's just a solid card for free TV, basically. And it's going to be still. I'm going to wonder how much, how different it's going to be with ESP, the new ESPN era. I didn't really th- sit, sit around and think about that. But are they still going to have live events? What's it going to be like? 
I mean, I'm still gonna watch and stuff. I mean, I know people have ESPN Plus and shit, and um, I think it's like five bucks a month or something like that. So, I, I mean, I could I could easily get that and stuff, and it's, it's not bad. But um, yeah, I mean, ESPN Plus. I think that's what Ariel shows on uh, the new show he has a uh, Ariel and the Bad Guy. So that's a it's not a bad that's not a bad. Uh, it's not a bad gig. Thing. It's literally just like five bucks a month too. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, I'm really excited. I'm, we're going to talk. We're going to jump right in this. I'm really excited for October 6th because we get the return of the notorious one. Um, the return of Connor against Habib. That's a fight we've been waiting for for quite some time. So many questions going into it. So many different answers. So many, I mean, so many different answers to be answered. And I'm excited for it because it's one of those rare ones that we we have to sit around and think about. Like, what could possibly happen? What's going to happen? Can he stop the ferociousness of Habib's takedowns? The pace, the pressure. How does he fare in rounds three, four, and five? Is he going to be able to stop the takedown? Connor's known for good takedown defense. Except, I mean, the Chad Mendes fight. I think he came in that fight injured, but. Is he going to be able to stop the craziness of Habib's takedowns? And if he can, big margin, if he can, what's going to happen? Is Habib going to get caught with some punches? Because, you know, Connor can crack. Definitely can crack. He has precision like no other. His punching power, his accuracy, his angles, his movement, everything that he does is so perfect. And he can do things that not a lot of people can do. On top of that, he can sell a fight. He's a damn good fighter. One of the best to ever do it. On top of that, he's, he's, he backs it up. So he backs it up. And I just don't know what's going to happen. None of us know. I don't, I just don't know. I mean, it's just so hard to see a guy so dominant like Habib smash every single one of his opponents ruthless, you know, aggression, you know, his wrestling, his grappling, his constant takedowns. I mean, he held the record for the most takedowns, I think, in a UFC fight when he got fought Abel Trujillo. Like, good fucking God. He's just constantly in your face. When he gets you down on the floor, he's not just laying there. He's, he's pounding on He's pounding in a way to hurt you. He, you know, landing vicious ground and pound. You know, he's he's vicious. He's nasty. And it, um, it's going to be a hard night, you know, if Connor doesn't come prepared. But I, I, I know... Connor's been training. I know he's been out for quite some time. He hasn't fought in a couple years. Inside the UFC, at least, he fought Floyd Mayweather. But, you know, how much does that count as an octagon fight, not being able to utilize all the tools that he has? So I think that um, that's, an, I mean, that's a great one. You know, I'm, I'm excited. You know, if he can stop the takedowns, like I said, going back to that, if that's a, that's a big if. You know, Khabib could just walk straight through him. You could walk straight through him, and we and we could. I don't know. It, it just seems weird, you know. It, it seems weird to doubt Connor because any time that we doubt, I've doubted. I'm not saying I'm, I've doubted him before, but any time the world or anyone else has doubted him, it's uh, he's proved them wrong. So, I mean, the Jose Aldo fight, I think, was the first one that I really, you know, I was kind of sitting there thinking about it. I was like, mm, is it too much too soon? Is he really going to beat a guy with so much 
skill and, and technique, you know, one of the best featherweights to ever do it, you know, some of the most devastating leg kicks, some of the ferocious speed, aggression, and, you know, overall one of the craziest, you know, hardest people to fight, one of the hardest people, one of the best fighters and strikers, you know, overall well-rounded games, and one of the long-time featherweight champions of WEC and the UFC. The only other featherweight champion in, in UFC history other than Max Holloway. As crazy as that sounds, featherweight is one of the one of the um, few weight classes that you know. Jose was one of the first champions, so it was a, you know, it was an excellent you know reign, obviously. But at the time, I didn't think Connor had the skill to possess to beat a kind of guy like Jose. I wasn't doubting him. I just I just couldn't see him stylistically matching up with him. But as soon as I started to see all the videos, the countdowns, the training videos, etc., I, I, I kind of, you know, I put my mind in the back seat instead of just assuming what was going to happen. You know, when you assume things, sometimes they're wrong. But, you know, we can back it up with facts. You can back it up with, with, with proof, obviously. But I think that Connor can do good against a guy like Habib. If Habib can't get him on the ground, it's going to be a bad night. Because if they're having a, a, a stand-up fight, Connor's winning all day. I'm sorry to say it. No, no offense to Habib fans. I love Habib. He's, he's one of the best in the world. Um, but I just don't think that Habib stands a chance with Connor on the feet. And like I said, it all happens with the takedown. If you can't utilize the takedown, there's there's nothing for Habib. I'm sorry to say it. There's really nothing that Habib can do that can that can phase McGregor because McGregor is just so much better than people give him credit for. Runs his mouth, talks, creates a hell of a promo, but he also is a damn good fighter. So um, I definitely think that that's a that they should have put Connor and Nate on the same card. I think Nate. Connor and Nate is that uh, Connor and Dustin? Ah, uh, like messing up. All right, what is it? Um, Dustin and Nate Diaz are fighting at UFC 230, while Connor is fighting Habib on, at UFC 229. So I'm curious to why they did that. Um, but I'm still I'm still so excited for that main event if it, if it is true between Jones and Gustafson because that's a treat in its own right. So. I, I definitely would be excited as fuck to see that one. So, yeah, you got Connor, UFC 229 against uh, Habib, and you got um, Dustin against Nate on UFC 230. So we get a treat, and we get two treats back-to-back. So it's really exciting. So, um, yeah, going back to it, I mean, it, it, it obviously could go one or two ways. It could be Connor just starching him, taking him out, outpointing him. You know, if Connor wins, it's going to be a stoppage for sure. It's going to be a stoppage. If Habib wins, he's going to take him down. He's going to beat him up on the ground. He's going to smash him and smother him because his grappling is just that damn good. His grappling is that good. Uh, his, his, his pace, his cardio uh, also has a really good chin as well. If you've seen the fight with Michael Johnson, I just watched it the other day. Michael Johnson tagged him with a hard punch. You know, Michael Johnson sleeps people. I mean, he slept Dustin Poirier. Uh, no offense, Dustin. I love you. Um, but yeah, he slept. He slept. Poirier. Um, I think he knocked out Glayson Tebow as well. And Glayson was one of those people, you know, one of the most most UFC fights 
and you know one of the one of the overall well-rounded guys that the SEC had. I mean, not not a lot of people were successful against him the way that Michael was. And Michael obviously has a win over Tony Ferguson as well. Um, and he just won his last fight against Andre Feely at featherweight. Before that, he lost to uh, he lost to Darren Elkins, I think, by submission. It was the submission or decision. I don't, I don't give a fuck. But um, yeah, so it was pretty uh. Yeah, so there's no shame in that, like I said. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited for Dustin. I'm excited. You know, I think the rest of the year is going to deliver some really good fights. I honestly do think that because what the UFC was able to do with the UFC 228, UFC 229 coming up, that's a solid card. UFC 230, just imagine the fight week when we get to talk about these. It's going to be like a... One of the, the like the most exciting things I've ever done because that's um that's you know it's something we've been I feel like we've been waiting for for quite some time because we have been waiting for Habib and Connor and these guys have talked shit back and forth they have the history you know the whole bus incident at UFC 223 it seems like god awful long ago yeah that was um that was crazy um you know backstage Artem Lobov with Habib uh and then um. I don't know, they've, they've had some run-ins before that I can't really remember the exact ones, but I know that they have a huge history, so they finally get the chance to settle that, and I can't wait. I'm excited. All right, anything else? Let's see, let's move on from UFC 229. I mean, we're still going to talk about it come fight week and stuff, but I just kind of wanted to touch touch up on it. I'm fucking hungry, too, so I might go get some food in a little bit. Um, Let's see. Any other interesting shit we could say before we uh, get out of here? We're at 41 minutes. I remember, like, I was saying six minutes, like, less than 40, like, 40 minutes ago. So, it's pretty, uh, well, just like a fuck ton. Oh, uh, uncomfortable one, but, uh, the return of the prodigy BJ Penn. He returns against Ryan Hall. Tough winner, Ryan Hall. Uh, I didn't necessarily expect that. I didn't think that he was going to come back. I didn't. Um, I didn't think BJ Penn was going to be guy a guy to return, especially after the the craziness that he's had in his career. You know, um, not not really successful. I hasn't won a fight since knocking out Matt Hughes, and well, it was you know, one of the most impressive like impressive. Uh, wins of his career, but, you know, unfortunately, that was, like, the last win of his career, and ever since then, he's just been getting battered and eaten up, and it's not, uh, it's not, hasn't been a good look, so, um, I'm curious to see how he can win, if he can, I mean, Ryan Hall's no easy, no easy task, he, he's great on the ground, uh, you know, his stand-up's all right, he's not, like, a knockout artist, you don't have to watch out for anything Ryan Hall does on the feet, but he can, and I think he will finish him, and I think that, uh, it will be uh, I, I think it's an easy win for Ryan Hall because I just, just don't see BJ Penn having that same fire and that same passion that he once had. So I just um, uh, what is it? I, I got sidetracked. I was reading something. Brock Lesnar returns to WWE but still eyes UFC heavyweight title. Is he? Yeah. Brock Lesnar, that's a, uh, 
Yeah, so like I said, Brock fighting Cormier if he fights him. That uh that fight it happens early next year. So in the meantime, what is Cormier gonna do? Like I said, that creates a lot of awesome opportunities because we got um Jones and Gustafson expected to fight. And yeah, so that leaves a lot of open opportunities for Daniel. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I want to see the Brock fight. I think he deserves it. Um, if I could map out two, um, if I can map out two fights for Cormier before he retires next year, I think he could fight, uh, the winner of Gustafson and Jones if he wants. I don't necessarily see him wanting to fight Gustafson again because of prime fact that he did beat him already. And I just don't think it's going to draw as much attention that he would want versus a fight with like a Jones or maybe Jones. It, it, honestly, I think, I think John might win against Gustafson in the rematch again. I think if John looks impressive against Gustafson, that Cormier will want to fight John for a third time and then go up to heavyweight and fight Brock Lesnar. If you know, the whole thing is if he doesn't lose or anything like that, pray to God he doesn't. But John Jones is no easy task for anybody, so Sokovia. What? So there's some interesting uh things going on. Oh, okay. So they're talking about uh uh title fights. We get a rumored title fight that is expected, you know, I think they're going to announce it. I don't know if they're, if they're necessarily going to do this. I don't know, but, um, I vouched for it. I talked about it. I said that, um, since Nico was stripped of her belt, uh, a week or so ago, I think that it would, uh, oh, she was stripped, uh, at UFC, uh, during UFC 228. So when I think that Valentina Shevchenko versus Joanna and Jacek is the fight to make. I, I've seen all these posts online. Oh, she doesn't deserve it. Oh, she's going to into the last title fights. She's also all coming off of a win. She's also coming off a win, a very impressive win over Tisha Torres. Very fun fight. Uh, it was real, real, real fun. I liked it. Um, but you know, we're in the WME IMG era, motherfuckers. We're in an entertainment industry. The, the entertainment industry that bought the UFC. They're in it for entertainment-wise. They're not in it for who deserves. Because you know a lot of these people don't deserve shit. They're fighting in an organization. They're lucky to be there. You know, obviously, they've had some exciting fights. They've had some... They've had some... Uh, well, you know, they've had some exciting fights. They've, they've, they've definitely put, put the work in and shit. But... And then, you know, but when it comes to deserving shit, quote unquote deserve, I mean, yeah, maybe so. Maybe they do deserve. There's a lot of talented females in that division that are fighting. Really good fighters, you know. Ronda's the one that first started, you know, the whole women's UFC thing. And, you know, we gotta give props to her where, where props are deserved. But, um, yeah, so Valentina versus Joanna, they obviously have history in Muay Thai. They fought before. They haven't fought inside of the K MMA cage, but uh we will um we will get to see that hopefully for the UFC uh for the UFC women's flyweight title. Also gives Joanna another chance to grab a belt. Uh skill wise, I think Valentina, you know, has a lot more experience because of the Muay Thai fights that she has. 
But I, it's, a, it's a sellable fight. That's a great fight. It's a hell of a fight. That's a striker's paradise. Kind of reminiscent of uh, Wonder Boy versus uh, Darren Till. You know, it was just, oh, my God, it's going to be a strike fest. Your mouth's going to be watering the whole time. So I think that's what they're going to do with that. I think that's that's the best move and best direction for them to go. Like I said, resulting back to what I was saying about people deserving things, I, they're in an entertainment industry. Entertainment industry, what's going to get the most money, what's going to put the most asses in the seats, and what's going to get the people's attention. Okay? Whatever's going to get the people's attention, what's going to get people in excited is personally what I feel the UFC should do. You know, or they can put some, you know, uh, somewhat talented girl, flyweight division, like Shahara, Eubanks, I think, or, you know, they have a solid flyweight division, but when it comes to what's going to sell and what, what's the best, I think that they should go with Yolanda. I think, I think Yolanda has deserved it. She defended her title a lot. I think she defended it like over five times. So, you know, she's defended her belt. She's, um, obviously had some of the best performances inside the octagon one of the most vicious strikers you know one of the most uh you know very technical strikers one of the best technical strikers i think the usc has and um you know she's very talented too so joanna versus valentina is really good fight and uh, valentina definitely deserves a world title she has been you know on the wrong end of a couple fights you know the fight with amanda nunez and uh I think the I think the first fight was close too, but yeah, you know, she's been on the wrong end of some things. Unfortunately, she wasn't able to fight Montano at UFC 228. And then she was scheduled to fight uh I think she said something about fighting Montano before that. So she had unfortunately she wasn't able to fight and we haven't seen her fight since she beat the shit out of uh what is her name? Priscilla Cachuera. Man, I, I, I still can't believe that fight happened. She beat the shit out of it. She just, like, she, I, I, I can't even describe it. Like, I'm imagining it in my head more than anything, but she just annihilated her. That was the worst, that was the worst one-sided beating I've ever seen. I don't know why the hell she fought her. That was not something I wanted to see. I could not watch that one over again. I still haven't, I still haven't watched it since the first time. I haven't watched it since the first time because that was a fucking beatdown. I mean, if you want to see a good women's mixed martial arts fight where someone just gets beaten down versus skill set wise, uh, I think you should watch it. Valentina Shevchenko versus Priscilla Cachuera. She just unloaded a bunch of crazy ass punches on her. She had to turtle up. She locked in a ear naked choke. She blew her knee. She blew. Priscilla's knee out, and uh, it was a, it was a fucking crazy fight, and it was a, it was a, like, I don't know, I cannot watch it over and over, that's for sure, but yeah, so that they're doing that. Um, I think that that's a good sellable fight. Okay, what's next? So basically, Valentina says, "Why not to?" The op the opportunity to fight Joanna. Um, okay, we got ten nine more minutes left on today's podcast. Appreciate you guys all for joining us. Um, and uh, what is it? 
yeah, so anybody that, that listens to this, just know that it is accessible through iHeart via Spotify, uh, I think radio something.fm or play, what player.fm or some shit like that. Um, so we're available on Apple Podcasts, we're available on Google Play Music, Castbox, more, most, most notably, because I love Castbox and Castbox is the only app that I use to, uh, listen to my podcasts, all my podcasts, all my favorite ones, you know, from Ariel Hawani's show, Luke Thomas, Luke Thomas's MMA Hour, uh, John Anik, Kenny Florian, uh, Joe Rogan, I listen to all those through CastBox, it actually gives you an opportunity to, to uh, provide your own podcast off of the app too, all you need to do is um, create an account and sign in, so you have a tablet, you have a phone, you have anything that you want to have that app on, you just got to sign in, you don't have to worry about resubscribing any of your podcasts, you have the option to have it automatically download as soon as new podcast episodes come out, and it's really a really a fantastic app. I definitely, I definitely urge podcast goers and listeners to listen to uh, download Castbox. It's available in, in the Google Play as well as the App Store. So I think that's a you know, definitely a sellable app. It's, it's free, and it's um, it's free, and you know it's fast and it works really good. So I really definitely do enjoy it. So that's how I listen to this show. I, I, I listen to my own show. I don't care. Sometimes I do when I'm bored. I, I listen to when I'm when I'm about to fall asleep too. So I listen to that. Um, like I said, iHeart, Spotify, download it. Jimmy Kerman May Show. Uh, all right. What we're gonna do? Well, last things before we get out of here. Um, Nico Montano believes. Deep down, that Valentina didn't want to fight her. LMAO or LMFAO, if that's what people say. I think that's hilarious. Obviously, she's the one that didn't show up to fight week. Well, she showed up. She didn't make weight. She was like fucking 20 something pounds over, I think, if not 40 pounds or something like that. She looked, she looked like shit. She didn't come in and fight. Obviously, her body got shut down, and no one truly knows, quote unquote, knows what happened behind the scenes. But apparently it just doesn't look like she made any attempt. So she doesn't make an attempt, then there's nothing UFC or anyone else can do. Valentina was there. What are you fucking talking about, you crazy motherfucker? I think Valentina would have ran, would have ran through her. That's, that's the whole thing. I think she knows that. I think her team knows that. Stylistically, it's, just, it's a nasty fight. It's not something that I think she would want. I mean, she's four and two. Four wins, two losses. Um... And if you look at it, look at the experience. Look at the massive experience gap that Valentina has versus um, versus Nico. So yeah, I'm pretty sure that the stats and, and the, the experience speak for themselves. I do not believe Valentina was scared to fight Nico. I think Nico is just using that to keep herself relevant in the news because she is no longer the world champion hard shots um hard shots and uh you know I threw some shade there but you know i'm just being honest with you i just don't if she wanted to fight she would have been there if this fight meant the world to her if she wanted to shut this person up shut this if she wanted to beat her really beat her so bad she would have been there but um obviously that didn't happen obviously um what is it? Obviously, she is no longer a world champion. If she wants, she can take the stats and say that she was the first tough winner. There's nothing wrong with that. Or t- a w- tough flyweight winner. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, 
And I think that if she does choose to return, you know, there's a lot of fun fights. And I think that she can definitely get, you know, maybe future. Oh, my God. Uh, get another uh, get another uh, title fight in the near future. If she makes it. I think she has to rack. Unfortunately for her, I think she's got to rack together a couple of wins before actually. Uh, yeah, that was like the nicest thing I've ever seen. Um, um, but definitely, definitely, she's trying to keep her name in the news. So I think for Nico, if she does want to make a return, she can fight one of the top contenders in the flyweight division, get a get a shot at the winner of Valentina, and hopefully, Joanna. So. That's it for me. I'd like to say thank you guys for joining us. It's good to be back on Monday. Like I said, hope you guys had a good weekend. And uh, we should be back next week. I'm not going to talk about what I was going to talk about. It's almost like a personal thing. don't want to talk about it because it's going to bring it to my attention. And it's probably going to make me feel, feel different kind of ways. So, holy shit, man. That was like the nicest thing I've ever fucking seen in my entire life. Good fucking God. I'm not even going to talk about it, but, uh, yeah, that was like a few seconds ago. What I was talking about referring to a few, just like a few seconds ago, um, was some things that are going on behind the scenes, not on the podcast, nothing to do with the podcast. Um, just something completely different, but like I said, you guys know where to find me. I mean, I'm getting a lot of followers lately on Instagram, so Twitter, Twitter, and not so much on Twitter, but more so Instagram. A lot of people in the MMA field, a lot of people in, uh, you know, podcasting fields, a lot of, some, some couple people with a good amount of followers and shit. Uh, I think the, the, the CEO of one FC followed me. That was one. That was a, that was a good one. Um, but yeah, that, that, that was pretty good. Okay. Like I said, you know where to find me at G Meeker MMA on Twitter and Instagram. Both the same exact handle, G Meeker MMA. Snapchat, if you do that sort of thing, at G Meeker underscore MMA. Facebook.com slash GabyBaby123. No sex bots, please. And good off that. I haven't had those in a while. No, like, fake accounts trying to add me and stuff. Oh, click the link in my bio to see. You want to see me naked? I see all that shit. It's, it's weird. Okay, I promise, though. Last thing. Follow us on CastBox. We're available on iHeartRadio as well as Spotify. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll be back next week. G-Maker MMA out, baby.